Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. This is the Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, Pop Art Painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. I'm sure I'm glad you did. Hey, I uh, we're continuing uh, the the week of just uh, really really cool guests. Um, you know, hey, we have that. We we do that every week here. Uh, but this week, uh, exceptional. I, I've watched some very very cool films um, leading up to this week, and. Uh, We've got a lot of uh, the filmmakers on here, uh, you know, with us, and um, today is no exception. Today is no exception. This movie, I uh, I didn't know. I, I didn't know what this, this film was about. Uh, it's called Mr. Limbo, and um, it's just it, – it's getting ready to come out next week, September 2nd, I believe it drops on digital, and I was blown away by this. I love this film. It's one of my favorites of the year. Uh, again, it's called Mr. Limbo, and uh, it's just really, really cool, surreal. All the things that, for me, that, that do it with, for me, I, I, I dig this film. Uh, we've got the filmmaker on, uh, writer, director, actor, uh, Mr. Robert G. Putka. Hopefully I'm saying that right. It might be Putka. I don't know, but we'll find out. Robert, hopefully I didn't yes. carve up your name too bad there. You did, but most people do. It's actually the latter pronunciation is, uh, I guess, more correct. Yeah, Putka, um, but that's okay. Putka. You know, I've uh, <laughs> dealt with this my whole life, and um, you know, I'm you. from the Midwest, so I'm relatively complacent. Uh, there's <laughs> no fretting. I'm not going to necessarily contest. Uh, so it's okay. I, uh, people walk all over me and have my whole life. So why not? Why not divert ah. from that? You know, or why divert from that at this point? Yeah. Come on now. Come on now. It's a great name. It's a great name. It's a filmmaker name. You know what I mean? Um, it's, I think it's the G. The G in the middle, the initial. That's what does it. You got to get, get a monocle with that. You know, it's just uh, yes. fantastic. The boots and choppers, a big megaphone. It, it accords me a, a certain degree of uh, status and, and stature that I otherwise <laughs> am not uh, am not necessarily worthy of, that's for sure. And putka actually <laughs> means some awful things in, in, in the Slavic languages. Um, so feel free to look that up really? and, then, and then laugh hysterically uh, <laughs> at my misfortune. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's funny. Hey, that's it my out. life. It worked out. You're turning it around. You're turning it around. Um, I'm telling you, everybody's going to say, that's, that's, that's that filmmaker. That's, you know, the guy in Malibu. Lives in the old Iron Man house there. Has an infinity pool. Um, that's what it's going to be. That's what they're going to think. Uh, very, yes. very well, cool. I hope hey, I liked your film, Mr. Limbo. This is a cool Thank film. You. Yeah, amazing, yeah, that's, amazing. That's, that's interesting. Uh, I mean, obviously, I love it. You know, uh, films. You know, when we create. I mean, as you probably know, when you create something, it comes out, and it's it's your beloved baby. 
this film uh, was certainly a labor of love. And accordingly, I think like most parents, um, they tend to both love and hate their children in equal doses. And uh, yeah. that's uh, sort of how I feel about this movie. At least the process of birthing it was certainly um, uh, rough and tumble and very, very stressful. Well, you have an interesting story, speaking of stress, and, and, and this film and whatnot, and your previous film. Uh, is it cool if we talk about that a little bit, or um, just to give a little background, or should we pass on that topic entirely? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, uh, I, <laughs> it's already all out over the Internet, um, which, which is fine. Um, you know, I, I have no qualms with uh, speaking to my personal story uh, and my struggles, which, mm. you know, I've... I've the last 10 years of my life have been difficult at certain times, to be sure. Um, but what's important is I've come out on the other side, I think, better for it. Absolutely. I mean, you're, you read through the director's note, obviously. Um, you know, making films has been really difficult for me over the last 10 years. And um, the stress, the aggravation, the feelings of inadequacy uh, compounded um, around the time where my first feature film, Mad, was released by The Orchard back in like 2016, um, and I guess things, uh, these feelings which I had been abetting all of a sudden consumed me, um, and I had, you know, my anxieties and, and my depression got the best of me, and at that point I, I succumbed mm. and um, I, I needed to seek help. I, I received therapy for, for a few months. Um, which is something that I've continued at times throughout the, throughout, or I guess over the last couple of years, and it's been incredibly helpful. Um, but you know, the, the filmmaking industry, even being on the fringes of it, like I have, um, is certainly certainly something that's that's not easy to. Um, I guess not. It's just it's not an it's not an easy place to be, uh, and it right. affects you know it, it affects your psyche in. in adverse ways um so that's kind of that's kind of where i where i am or where i was rather i'm in a much better place now well excellent i'm glad to hear that i'm glad to hear that and um hey uh just a side note for those uh who may be dealing with anxiety and whatnot one of our friends uh one of the uh sponsors of the show um if you look at our show page folks the there's stills from the movie and in intermixed with those are our show sponsors and uh, they all have great deals and whatnot, a free deal, a free one, uh, doesn't cost you anything, is one of our, our, our great friends, uh, The Anxiety Podcast. And um, I know from uh, people emailing me and stuff that, that that helps some people. So if, if that's something that's in your life, you might want to check that out. Never know. Never know. It's, uh, you know, nonstop heavy metal music. No, I'm, I'm kidding. It's, it's very soothing and calming and relaxing and maybe some insight into something uh, you're dealing with. I want to tell you guys, Here's the thing. Here's a couple things uh, about ro what Robert said. Uh, just some thoughts I have. Um, I've never made a film. Never done it. Um, uh, for those who don't know, I'm a painter by trade. I paint pictures of people and stuff. Been doing that for a long time. Twenty year, over twenty years. Uh, made a good living doing that. Still do. And uh, that's the day job. That's my day job. Um, however, I've known a lot of people, and especially since doing the uh, podcast, we've been doing that now. With seven years or something, uh, I've met so many people in the independent film world in, um, you know, in that business. And I got to tell you, these are big projects. 
this, this isn't like painting a painting where you're like, yeah, I got an idea for a painting. Uh, you know, let me uh, sit down at the canvas here, knock that out. That's a breeze. That's a breeze. These folks who make these films, a lot of people don't realize this. It isn't just a whim and they say, yeah, I got nothing to do on the next couple weekends. Think I'll knock out a, a movie. No, some of these projects are huge and take years. And, you know, you're dealing a lot of times um, with investors or in the modern era, uh, more likely than not, crowdfunding. I've heard nightmares about that. I've never crowdfunded anything only because, no, I've had grandiose ideas where I could use some cash to do something uh, to make those happen. Um, but I've had friends who've crowdfunded stuff and they say, Jamie, it's like, it not only is it an additional job, it's like four additional jobs um, at the same time of whatever it is you're trying to do. <laughs> so, you know, Robert, when you say things came to a head, I get it, man. I understand why. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I, I, I would say that I also did it, you know, largely bereft of help. Um, you know, I, I did have some success early in my quote unquote career. Uh, you said, you know, God bless you, and, and good for you that you're that you were able to make the arts your day job. I, I struggled a lot. Um, you know, not not only uh, you know emotionally and and, and mentally uh, to stay afloat, but also you know financially for for many years. And I'm sure that's certainly conflated with oh yeah you know, with the former, uh, and they sort of you know mutually reinforce one another. Hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. Good. But these films largely, you know, they take three years from conception to completion uh, with, with little help. Granted, I have a lot of great friends. My colleagues are, they're less, you know, they're, they're less collegial and more familial. Um, so I'm very, nice. you know, I'm quite uh, fortuitous to, to have these uh, substantial positive relationships that are more than merely, you know, business transactions. I, I couldn't have have made three films without, you know, without, I guess, the, the graciousness uh, that these people conferred upon me. Um, so, yeah, no, th thank you to those people for sure, you know, per, but also perhaps maybe they, uh, I guess they elongated my, uh, my struggle <laughs> in a sense because I, I, was, I made probably two more feature films than, uh, than what was good for my health. Um, so, so thank mm. you, but also, uh, you know, you're an you artist. Really out to dry there, You're an artist. <laughs> you gotta do it. This is what non-creative people don't get. And I'm not. I'm not saying non-creative people just aren't any more insightful than creative. It's just something that they're not aware of because they're not dealing with it. Um, one of the curses, and Robert will tell you, uh, because it's very apparent to me. <laughs> one of the curses of whatever it is you do. Um, you know, if you're, you're a baker or a candlestick maker or a painter or a filmmaker, whatever it is, a musician, is you got to do it. You have to do it. I, there's days that I wake up going, man, I, delivering pizzas would be better than this, you know, especially when dealing with certain clients, you know. But, you know, the thing is, is there's not a choice in it. If I was delivering pizzas, that would just be another thing on the table that I'd be doing. I'd still be painting. You know, there's no getting away from it. Yeah, and, yeah, and that's something that I mean, that's that's something that I did, Jamie. Uh, I mean, not that specifically, but you know, I had to maintain myself. I worked in menial jobs, um, and so there was yeah. constantly a conflict of of never quite feeling like I ha was fulfilling my potential, or or even necessarily fulfilling my 
my artistic whims because I wasn't able to do that full time. Um, and that's actually why I'm, I'm no longer making films too. So I've since moved on, mm-hmm. I think for the betterment of myself uh, and perhaps the people around me as well. Um, and I'm in a much better place for that, for that reason too, that I, that I, I'm thankful that I got a chance to make three feature films. I was able to express myself uh, in an un, unmitigated fashion in an unconstrained fashion other, you know, otherwise uh, than, you know, the financial constraints imposed on me, but um, not many people get to do that. But, uh, you know, I was able to say what I needed to, and now I'm elsewhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, it reminds me many years ago, well, well, it is now, and now that I think about it, in 2008, I was living in Southern California, and I had the brilliant idea. Um, and a lot of people, it just wasn't, it just didn't come to me. A lot of people have, have mentioned this over the years. They, you know, why don't you open a gallery, Jamie? You, you got, you know, you're Mr. Art. Why don't you, you know, that, that'll be good. So I did uh, an opportunity came, I, I got a good location, you know, things kind of fell into place, the right investment, um, all this and stuff kind of came together, and I opened my gallery. Two months later, the um, recession of 2000, the housing crisis of 2008 happened, and people were like, yeah, big deal. You're not selling uh, property. The problem is I'm selling paintings, and paintings, when people buy them, they put them on walls. But if they don't have any walls to put them on, yeah. they ain't buying paintings, you know? It trickles yeah. down. Yeah, it was terrible. It was terrible. And um, I, I kept it afloat. You know, I, suddenly I had this, this, you know, ginormous, many thousands of dollars nut I had to crack every month. Um, whether I sold paintings or not, the bills still came. And, uh, you know, I kept that going for about a year. And uh, just, you know, my hair, I started getting thinner hair, <laughs> definitely started turning gray. And um, at the end, I just said, I, I got it. I got it. I can't handle this. <laughs> we, we need to, as my grandfather would say, piss on the fire and call the dogs on this. But the thing is, like Robert said, I can say, you know what? I tried it. I, I, I did that, you know, and... Um, not a lot of people can do that. I would rather look back and say, I tried it for a while. It didn't, I couldn't, you know, it, it didn't work. Things just didn't come together for it. Um, then say, I wish I would have tried to do that. You know, got it out of the way. On to the next thing. Oh. I'm with you. I'm with, I, I mean, I, I, I will, I will put forever love filmmaking. And if I did have, uh, you know, an opportunity where the, the cost benefit analysis, uh, I guess, bore out that the costs greatly outweigh, or sorry, the benefits greatly outweigh the costs, and yeah, I'd probably come back to it. Um, yeah, you just, but you can't, I don't think that you can live that way. Uh, and when I say that way, I mean in a way which you don't feel as though your potential is, is being taken advantage of or you're leading a fulfilled, you know, a fulfilled life. Um, you know, I think trying to soldier through that while considered valiant in many circles, certainly with, within our, you know, that's one of the governing principles or ideologies of our country. You yeah, know, pull yourself but, up by your bootstraps, but I, I think uh, mental health should certainly take precedence. Absolutely. Um, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, i got to say, it would have to be a big check for me to start another gallery. Dealing with painters, oh, my, other painters, and, no, I think they're worse than actors. Um, don't send me emails, people. All painters are great. No, they're, they're really not. Very flawed individuals, usually. Um, 
you know, but here's the other thing, too. Owning a business or making a movie or anything like that of, of, of substantial uh, size, uh, you know, even an independent, small independent, you still, there's, there's mouths to feed. There's people, you know, um, <laughs> you're like a mama bird on a nest and all the little babies are looking at you and they're hungry. Uh, that never goes away. Just from a logistic point of view, Robert, I don't know how you did it, man. Three films, you know, you, you shoot some, then, oh, we got to do some reshoots. Well, we got to get these actors back. I mean, it's like herding cats. The whole filmmaking process to me, I think, amazing that it gets done, that it gets done. That seems real hard to me. Um, of course, I'm not in that world. I mean, but- you know? Not not everyone is as lucky as I am, though. As I said, I, I work with fantastic people um, who who awesome. ultimately gave me enough rope to hang myself with, in a sense. I uh, don't mean that literally. Uh, nothing ever got quite right. that bad. Um, but you know, I I was lucky enough to have people around me who you know would see these things through with me and were willing to. Uh, I guess, uh, ride out the bumps as they came because these are also really incredibly passionate people. Maybe that was my biggest mistake is surrounding myself with people as passionate as I was. And we all sort of, you know, played into one another's, uh, you know, passionate, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, We'll just call it passion. We played into and reinforced each other's passion, which is a beautiful thing in the moment. Um, And that's something that filmmaking has that I, I, or at least the arts in general, And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www dot j-a-m-i-e-r-o-x-x dot u-s Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store, it's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.love 
S-H-A-C-K-A-P-O-T-H-E-C-A-R-Y.com, as well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime, and treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs, allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show, bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Rockscare, the online webshop of high-end luxury merchandise and products. All featuring original pop art paintings, from La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. Collaborative arts have that many other industries uh, or, um, or jobs don't or careers don't, um, is that intense in-the-moment passion of being able to actually go out and, and shoot something. Um, it, it really, it's it's a spectacle uh, that I think you know many people, while not apprised of it, um, probably would be better off having gone through it. Um, people people who make movies, I think, are, or in, in art in general, are one of a kind, um, and their passion is certainly unrivaled. So I'm sorry Absolutely. to derail this into a, a conversation about men, mental health and whatnot, and all things no, you know, tangential no, and no, I, to it. Well. You know, I, I think it's important. I, I think it's important because, you know, I, there's the the great ether. I'm, I'm looking at the big, uh, vast emptiness of the Internet. Um, you know, I'm looking at my microphone right now going, um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of people out there. And maybe you're not, you know, going through it, making a film or whatever, but maybe you're going through something, you know. Um, it, sometimes it doesn't hurt if something's not going exactly according to plan. Um, to reevaluate <laughs> and look at it. In your case, Robert, now you had this uh, this epiphany, this this this, this moment, this nexus point of um, you know, holy moly! I, I like you said, I, I read the the director's notes. Um, in, but at least you were in a gentle, comforting city when it happened. Oh my gosh, of all places, um, he was in Las Vegas, if, if, if memory serves me right, um, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my gosh. But then after, you decided, okay, you know, all this stuff happened. You, you kind of get it, get things uh, back on an even keel, and you said, okay, well, let's let's do it again. And then, you know, the panda global pandemic just happens to blow through. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. 
But there's got to be a point where you're like, come on, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, luckily we shot the movie yard. prior. Oh, thank God. Thank God. So you just you were doing the editing and the distribution. Well, you, you, were you at the point where it's like, we got to go to film festivals? Well, I guess they're all virtual now. Oh, my God. That's yeah, so you actually a little bit. We actually waited a year uh, to, to see how that would shake out, uh, and it didn't in our favor. Um, our world premiere was actually at uh, Fantaspoa in Brazil, and it was mm. a digital digital edition. And I would have loved. I've never I've never had made a genre film before. Um, this this was. I mean, I had sort of made a small uh, name for myself making dramedies, um, realistic dramedies, and I was so excited to make my first you know, genre film, um, which that's mm-hmm. also, you know, I guess that's, it's not subjective, but rather uh, let's, let's judge genre um, on a, on a sliding scale for sure. When we're talking about Mr. Yeah. Limbo uh, and I was excited to go to this genre film festival and I didn't even, didn't even get a chance to do that. So that's uh, something yeah. that I, I, that's very regrettable. Maybe I will make another, you know, genre film just to get what, you know, have that experience. <laughs> or write a book. Or write a book. That seems. Uh, I have a friend of mine that she just got her first book uh, publishing deal, and uh, oh, she's going through that right now. She's going through it. I, I mean, it's it's every time I talk to her, it's it's you know all those questions. You know, am I going to be good enough? Or am I going to be this? Is it going to be that? Am I going to get labeled? Yeah, but like, she already Please? got the deal. She, she already got the deal. Yeah. In the bag. <laughs> but I tell her, I said, the check has come, baby. <laughs> You're halfway through it. You got to pay. Well, the back, problem is you got to uh, ensure that those checks continue to come. So you're, the quality exactly. of that work needs to stand on its own. I, I understand that. Oh, um, that's yeah. something that I kind of went through that's at the beginning happened. of my career. Oh man, when the pandemic rolled in, I—it's funny. I'm—I'm I'm what I—I I tell people this all the time, especially my old friends that I used to. Uh, and this is one of the things that uh, the, the tagline in your film, uh, or the synopsis uh, line kind of, uh, it caught my attention. Um, you know, my ears perked up a little bit. It, it, here it is, folks. The tale of two strangers wake up in the middle of the desert with no memory of anything, including their names. Are they dead? Or did they just party too hard at Burning Man? As someone who's been to Burning Man a few times, I tell people I'm a retired club rat, uh, which is very true. I, I, I don't go out a lot anymore um, just because I'm, you know, I'm married now. I, I'm moved on, but for a couple decades, yeah, went out a lot. Um, <laughs> I can relate to this line, you know. Anyhow, um, it, it did. It made my ears perk up. But anyway, coming from that world, I, I know all these uh, these DJs, and a lot of these guys I knew had got just gotten these big residencies in Vegas at these big clubs, you know, and uh, big checks. Money was coming in. It was great. Pandemic happened, checks stopped, and uh, houses had to be turned back in, and cars dropped off, and you know, life changed really quickly. I felt so bad for these guys and gals, and uh, yeah, they're, they're finally starting to come back out of it, but man, it was crazy. It was crazy. So uh, you were doing your uh, distribution and whatnot, or, you know, getting ready to do distribution and everything, right? When this, all this was happening? 
Yeah, yeah, and and speaking to the pandemic, and you know, I think it's it's macroeconomic effects, right? I'm I, I'm not mm. sure that the independent, or at least I guess the independent film industry at you know around my budgetary level will ever rebound. Um, I, I think what it did was it placed. I mean, yeah, content right now there's so much out there. The only problem is mm. it's, it's being bought and sold so cheaply unless you're lucky enough to get, you know, a major deal with like Netflix or Hulu or, or, you know, one of the big players. Um, and unfortunately uh, a lot of established filmmakers are migrating to those platforms. So it's squeezing out people like myself right. um, who might, you know, who might make quality, who am I to impute quality to my work? That's for the audience to decide, but Hey, damn it. I tried. That's for sure. Um, but we're, you know, people like myself are getting squeezed out. Um, and so ultimately, I think what you're doing is you're undercutting creativity from the industry because you're taking the old hat and trying to spiff it up as opposed to bringing in, you know, a new, uh, a new injection of, of, of lifeblood. So that's really unfortunate. Absolutely. And, and that's, you know, I'm, I, I feel bad for a lot of people that I think that are, I guess, still in it or, you know, feel as though, um, you know, it is their only... I guess their only avenue to you know express themselves creatively, you know, creatively. Um, it just doesn't seem. Like One of the things too that I've noticed is uh, you're getting a lot of copycats, uh, a lot of uh, an amalgamation of, of 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 just the same thing. You know, formulaic, very formulaic, and. Um, one of the things I really liked about your film and genre films and genre films in general, uh, but yours was exceptional, um, is it stood out. It stood out. It wasn't the same old thing. And I predict, I predict, now I know, again, I'm, I'm just a painter with a podcast. Uh, you know, I'm not a big heavy hitter in the cinema world. And, um, and I'm not really in the cinema world, to be honest with you. I'm just a civilian here. But I've seen a lot of cool films. I I definitely am a big cinephile. Let me put it that way. I, I'd be outdoor theater and all that. Make my friends watch, you know, movies with subtitles. Drive them crazy. Um, they they like yours because it's in English. Number one, and um, okay. number two, uh, it, it's quirky and it's strange enough. I definitely see maybe cult classic status, you know, attaching to it once. It, it drops and everybody sees this. This is a cool film, man. And this is one of those films you'll play for your friends when they come over if you want to say, hey, check out something really cool. Um, you know, it's in there. It's a little bit of a mind bender. And uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot, Robert. I think you knocked it out of the park. Just saying. Thank you. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really, at this point, in, in you know, I guess in the, in the in my career, I keep on saying my career, and in my head, I just there are these two huge quotation marks that are just that are you know enveloping that that word career. But I guess at this point in my career, I just I want as much exposure as possible. I want to get out there and and uh, you know let let uh, an impartial audience you know decide what to do with it. And and more so than anything, um, I want you know I want recognition for for my my team and. and you know, particularly my actors, who I think are fantastic, and I consider them close friends. Um, they really do deserve to get more work as a result of this. So I hope the exposure is considerable enough to, you know, to land the film on someone's doorstep who can who can you know make a career 
uh, out of out of absolutely out of one of these guys. Or well, you go rather confer here. You go to Sosa who plays the lead and Vig Norris, they play the lead. Um, their <laughs> chemistry was palpable. Um, they worked so I I wonder and I was asking myself, because it just it was so believable and so great. And so I'm I'm like, I can't wait to ask Robert when he's on the show, did he have an idea that, that they would gel so well together beforehand. I want to, you know, in my fantasy world, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, he knew these two actors, and he said, oh, yep, that's going to, you know, that Cecil B. DeMille moment where he's like, this is what we got to do. This is These guys are going to be great. Or did it just, were you pleasantly surprised when it did work as well as their well, relationship and chemistry? Hugo and I had uh, work. Uh, actually, I had a, an established working relationship with both Hugo and Vig. Okay. Um, Hugo, Hugo and I had made a feature film prior to my second feature film, which is currently unavailable right now uh, for mm. a few different reasons. But um, there's no need to get into it. Uh, we're probably going to put it up, I think, for free sometime, hopefully relatively soon. Uh, but Hugo and I made made this film together. Um, and on a whim, I just, I like Vig. Vig has a great screen presence. Rather, I, I actually, I didn't because Vig actually shot a short film with me uh, a few years back, a, a festival film. And he's just such a, I mean, he has a larger than life personality um, in real life. Mm. And it just translates so well to the screen. Uh, so I had an idea that uh, he'd come out and play a bit character on that feature film he did. And him and Hugo just have such a, an interesting, uh, they just, they do, they have an interesting chemistry and it's, it's because their personalities naturally are predisposed to clash because they're completely different people. Uh, at the very, you know, from what I know of them and I know them each pretty well considering I've worked with them so much. I've spent so much time with them. Um, and you know, I, the, the essence of, film of cinema is drama and drama is uh, the corollary of conflict. So, you know, just mm. bringing two people with conflicting personalities together on screen and forcing them, you know, to be in every scene together, I knew would conduce to, you know, some element of, of engaging drama. Um, and I, and I, I like to think that it did. I'm, I'm so impressed and, and proud of the work that they put in uh, to this movie and I mean, I, I'm still moved when I watch it by, by their performances. Granted, you know, it's not a film that um, is by and large, you know, a moving drama, but they certainly have their moments where, you know, delicate humanity uh, peeks through. And, and my intent was that through their performances, I would touch people. Um, and, and, and I think, and I think at least for me, they do. Uh, it's, you know that's to be decided though by the broader audience um, if you know if my feelings on the matter are are valid or not. We'll see. Well, I think it's I th- definitely think they are. It's 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 a cool film. I um, you know it's weird too because you're at that point now and you've been through this a couple times, uh, so you know. You know it, you're. I just had a guest on last night, a filmmaker, and and. I don't want to say he was down, but he was, his film comes out next week. And mm-hmm. um, so the only people that have seen it really are the myriad of internet reviewers and critics. And 
like uh, Robert was saying, I, I'm putting quotation <laughs> quotations around critics. Um, a lot of these guys, the reality is they've they've done nothing, <laughs> you know, except talk shit. Um, maybe that's a critic's uh, prerequisite for that job. I'm not. I don't know. But you're at that point with this film because it hasn't dropped yet. People like me, and, and um, I try to, because I don't have any skin in the game, so I just try to be honest about stuff, um, and, you know, it works out pretty well, but um, there's a lot of people I see, a lot of online critics, I haven't seen it with your film, uh, where, you know, they, they're hypercritical of, of every aspect of, you know, things, you know, especially in horror films, um, that guy's spleen didn't explode the correct way, it's like, what, shut up, what do you, what do you mean? How do you know what a spleen looks like? It's a slice of a chainsaw. I think it looks great. Um, not that anybody in your film, there's no spleens destroyed uh, directly in your film. Um, but, you know, are you looking forward? Do you have to be to, for the real people out there, uh, the real audience, to see it and, and start getting some of that feedback back, I would imagine? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, yes, I, I'm, I'm always, I, that's the point of making these things is to you know, put them out into the ether, you know, uh, as mm. you said, put them out into the great expanse and, and see what the reaction is like. Um, am I, am I, yeah, I'm just, I guess I'm waiting, waiting, uh, with bated breath to, to see that initial response. Um, I don't know. I'm at peace with the whole thing. I, I I think it's That's because cool. because I sort of have moved on in a sense. I made these films; they're intensely personal. I said what I had to say, but I just don't. I don't really, you know. It it, it might sound uh, perhaps aloof, but I just don't really care what people think anymore. Um, you know, I I, I, I hear you. made I've made peace with the fact that I did the best that I could with with each of them. Um, they did adhere as much as they possibly could to my vision. Uh, given the budget, budgetary constraints, and you know, if you, I'm kind of resolved, or I guess I'm, I'm resolved to the fact that uh, if you if you don't like it, then you probably didn't get it. You probably didn't give it the attention that that that, that is requisite for. Hey, that's that's your problem, dude. Like, you know, you're not you're not patient. You don't care about nuance and subtlety. Like, I'm sure someone's gonna watch it, and if they watch it, you know, if they they're spurred to watch it by this interview, and that comment, that they're probably gonna have you know a punitive view of the film and be like, wow, that guy was a real jerk. Uh, you know, his film just wasn't good. But yeah, I just don't care anymore. <laughs> I think it's right. good. No, and, I... and, and and it, it and it, it does. It, it speaks to human nature. In, in my opinion, and I think that that's what's important. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, one of the things, one of the interesting things is I I understand exactly where you're coming from. Um, there is I uh, every so often I one of the things I hate about my business I just it just isn't my thing, man. Um, it are doing these collaborative art shows where you're, you're in a group of painters and they're usually juried and everybody, you know, and it's usually the majority of people in them are in a different place than I'm in. Um, you know, they're, they're very, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm an artist. Uh, look at what I've done. You know, it's big refrigerator shows. Um, people sticking their stuff on the, with magnets on the fridge. 
And that's great. I'm not putting it down or anything. It's just I'm at a place where, you know, you know, I sell between 250, 300 paintings a year. You know, I, I don't – maybe 17 years ago I cared more about that stuff, you know, than I do now. And I'm not trying to brag or anything. I'm just saying, I, I, like Robert, you create your art, you put it out there, you hope people dig it. Um, if there's not, you know, if they don't, there's somebody else down the road who's going to. You, you just know it because it's happened. It's been consistent. Um, yeah, I mean, and, it, and it, I, if, if, well, I'm saying, I mean, if, if it gets out there enough, you know, to a, a large, like, dispersed degree, it's there will be people mm-hmm. who, you know, who resonate or whom the film resonates with. Um, and and right. that's my, my goal is, is that the film gets out there and is, you know, disseminated to a large degree that it's available, that it's accessible for as many people as possible. And I think, I think that that is in the cards with this release. Um, and, and it will find, it will find its audience. Um, I'm, I'm oh, pretty, pretty certain about that. And that, that's, and that, that is within the purview of my responsibility is to ensure that the film gets out there. Um, so that it does have, you know, a chance to find an audience, however niche or small that that may be. No, I think you're going to be surprised. I think you're be cautiously optimistic, but but I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised, Robert. It's a good film. I'm telling you that. I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to you. I wouldn't say anything if, um, yeah, I'd say yeah. It's it's a good piece of cellular cellulose. It's all digital now. I know, but um, yeah. No, you know. It, Really, it really is. I really enjoyed this film. Um, it, it was quirky enough that, that I, I was like, yeah, this is cool. I get it. I get it. What would you – and it makes you question what you would – like like all good films, you know, that's why everybody can talk what they want about, oh, it's another zombie movie. A good zombie movie – and, ladies and gentlemen, Robert's film has no zombies in it. I don't want anybody to uh, get the wrong idea. Um, but you ask yourself, what would I do in this situation? So you have these two guys. They're wandering around the desert, and they're at, they, and they start to remember a little bit. It's it's a, it's a slow burn to, you know. There, there's a little bit of uh, recollection that happens. I don't want to give too much away, but it it puts you in a position where you're like, well, what would I do in this situation? <laughs> you know? Oh shit! Have I met? Uh, have I been wrong I, about all this stuff? You know? I think uh, that um, I loved it. The, the best, if if people can walk away from it um, introspective enough to ask bigger questions and existential questions, or if it challenges mm. their preconceived you know notion uh, or existential ideologies, then I think I then I think I accomplished what I wanted to. I think we collectively accomplished what we wanted to, um, and that's that's you know these broader existential issues that I was dealing with uh, directly emanated from, you know, from, from that highly personal, emotional situation that I was going through. Um, and, I, and I think a lot of us, if we haven't been there uh, in whole, in, in substantial whole, we've at the very least probably like skimmed the surface of it where uh, we've had, you know, we've been forced to reflect or reprioritize what's important or what we believe um, especially about 
you know, our purpose here on earth and, and whatever might be next potentially. Um, and I think, and I think that's the value of this movie. It, 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 in my opinion, it should, the intended effect is that people will perhaps, uh, reappraise their, their notions of what they believe or what is important in life. Like for me, it's, uh, I don't think I'm giving away too much, but the foundation of the film is predicated on forgiveness. Like my really, like, mm-hmm. I guess what I've realized or I've in, in my refocusing and my reprioritizing is the most important thing that we can do for ourselves and others is to forgive, um, forgive yourself yeah, and forgive others. And, and that gives you freedom to move forward and, and grow. And that's, what's important. That's, I think where we attain our, or rather obtain our fulfillment is through that growth um, and through, you know, lightening the burden, disburdening the people around us, even if it's in small ways. Um, forgiveness is very power- powerful and important and I think uh, gives a lot of gravity to to our purpose um, on this planet. At least I think so. Maybe that's, maybe that's like too existential, but um, that's kind of... That's that's where I'm coming from with this movie, and that's some that's I guess an assumption or a notion that I think that I hope the film maybe will focus for some people who might not have ever considered that. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned; we'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. Hey, rockers. This is Stacey Lane Wilson, author and editor of the Rock and Roll Nightmares book series. I have a new podcast that features interviews with musicians, artists, authors, filmmakers, and music historians. In season one, I interview Phil Toussaint from Ozzy Osbourne's band, Scott Crawford, the director of the Cream Magazine documentary, Lisa S. Johnson, the award-winning author and photographer of the books 108 Rockstar Guitars and Immortal Axes, just to name a few. The Rock and Roll Nightmares podcast explores the dark and mysterious and sometimes funny side of music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond. Enjoy on RSS or anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. Glittering amethyst, energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember... T-O-S-O-T-S dot com. Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books, 
uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, the quotable Edison, quotable Henry Ford, uh, quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and, of course, the quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very, very cool, um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes & Noble all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A. L-B-I-O-N.com. MichelleAbion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out. No, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It, you know, it, 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 it's, things happen in life. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, did you always, you know, do as much work as you do? No, no, I didn't. Um, about a decade ago, maybe a little more than that, um, I, I had a health situation where I wound up in the hospital and, uh, you know, it was not to go into too much detail about it. I, I was very dumb, did not get something taken care of, uh, that I should have, uh, did the typical guy thing, you know, oh, it'll fix itself. It did not. And, um, you know, I was in a situation where the, the surgeons were, were like, we're going to try to save you. If we can't, we're going to make you as comfortable as we can. And when you're in that situation, you start thinking about things. <laughs> you know, one of the well, things what was, I mean, what was your I'm big like, epiphany? Uh, well, it was, you know, it, it's funny because speaking of your film and whatnot, I'd had this surgery, um, uh, which worked, which worked, but I woke up in intensive care. I woke up and I didn't know where I was. And, you're, you know, you're coming out of the, the anesthesia and all this stuff, the things that happened during the surgery. And I woke up in intensive care and I had one of those things down my mouth. Has anybody seen the matrix with when Neo wakes up in the pot? <laughs> That's what I felt like. I had all this stuff. I was trying to pull all these tubes and wires out and they put my, my hands in these mitts. Uh, so I couldn't do that. You know, stuff needed to stay in place. And I was freaking out because I didn't know where I was. And I, I had been very cavalier about religion and um, spirituality and everything up to that point in my life. Very cavalier, very intellectual, you know, kind of, oh, look at these people, these religious people. They're just crazy, you know. Just very, I had a very cavalier attitude about it until I was in a situation where I was going, was I wrong? Am I, you know, and they finally got my hands out because they could tell I was in distress and, they gave me a pad of pencil because I couldn't get the stuff out of my mouth and down in me. Um, and the first question I asked is, am I in hell? <laughs> Did I die? Because <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. I was real worried, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And people were like, how can you honestly believe that? And I'm like, I, I honestly believe that. You know, I didn't know. I, I was in a place of not knowing. And, yeah. uh, well, well, honestly, look like look around, right? Like, there's always a sneaking suspicion right. that 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 you know our current station in like the broader, right. uh, I guess, like edifice <laughs> of existence. Like, this, this might be hell. This this might be hell. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it certainly feels like it sometimes. That's for sure. Absolutely. You watch the news, you're like, oh man. Um, yeah, my wife the other day, she she's recently uh, gotten into the, the concept. Um, and she's a little younger than me, and, and she had recently got coming to the concept of uh, parallel worlds, 
the, the multiverse, you know, thank you, Disney, for putting that out there for everybody. Um, you know, she asked, she's like, do, do you feel like we're in the wrong place? <laughs> Did we make a wrong turn in Albuquerque? <laughs> this doesn't seem right, you know? And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, there you go, Voltaire. <laughs> you're, you're asking I, I, questions I, a lot of people ask, you know, for a yeah, long time. Yeah, I mean, time. I have sneaking. I have a sneaking suspicion. Uh, well, I have two sneaking suspicions. One, the first one is, you know, what do we do wrong to end up here? And then the other one is, what do we do right to end up here? And on balance, life is right. just actually kind of a, honestly, like I, I say that jokingly, like look around, like, you know, it's, we live in like a hellacious, unforgiving place, but at the same time, like life really is a, uh, it's be- it is a beautiful thing. Just look at your relationship. Yeah. Um, I mean, they give it, they, they give it so much meaning um, things aren't perfect to be certain, but I think there is much to savor, uh, you know, about our current station in the, the greater whatever you want to call it. And maybe that, that's, that, that's yeah, the epiphany cool. that I think I had. And I really love, I love being here. This is, uh, there, there are certainly, considering the alternatives, there are, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. Yep, yep. It reminds me, there's a great, and this is what I told my wife, there's a great Philip D, uh, K. Dick quote. Uh, that he said many, many years ago is that if, if you think this universe is bad, you should see some of the others. <laughs> yeah, no, man. That's, that's a very flippant answer and, and kind of funny joke. But, you know, it's very true. Wait, I knew when my wife had said that to me. I said, okay, we need to go see your sister. I, I knew we needed to do that. Her sister uh, has a one-year-old. Uh, we have a little niece that was born a year ago. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to stay mad when, when the baby's playing with you. You know what I mean? When when the baby's smiling at you and happy to see you and, you know, making weird noises at you. It's just hard to stay down, you know. Um, yes. Yeah. Of course, you know, it, it, and, it, and we did, and it worked out. Attitudes change. Um, but, yeah, your film, very, very cool film. Like I said, this is one that I want people to see. You know, it comes out next week, right, the second September second yes. is the uh, the big day. Mm-hmm. That's got to be exciting. That's got to be exciting. I know. Is your tribe? Is, is the, the the crew and cast? You said you're friends with a lot of them, but are they in the same geographic location? Are you guys going to have like a little get together, or is everybody no. spread out? No, we're we're pretty uh, pretty well dispersed. Hugo's on the west coast. I got you. I'm now on the east coast. Vig is uh, in Cleveland, which is where I'm originally from. Most of them are concentrated in Cleveland, but this was a, I mean, this was an incredibly small crew. My DP actually now is, he just moved to Portugal. Um, no, yeah, there's, we're kind of all over the place. Flying him in is going to be, no, yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, well, you know, it, it, it worked though. It worked and you could have a virtual get together, you know, do one of them uh, big, uh, uh, Zoom meetings, I guess. Now, I imagine it's going to be a crazy day because, you know, you're you're looking at, at the results coming in and whatnot. But the cool thing about streaming is it isn't just like a theatrical release where it's like, well, you know, the, the theater was, was half full or four people showed up or it was packed. There was standing room only. Um, with streaming, it's an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. You know, six months down the road, people still watching this. You know what I mean? I watch stuff yeah, all the time, that's... every day, man. I'm scrolling through Amazon or Netflix or whatever uh, streaming it happens to be, and, and I come across stuff, you know. Uh, that play was a good example of that. I'd heard a few things about it, but I didn't 
actively look for it until it was giant on my screen, and I'm like, eh, let's check this out. <laughs> yeah, no. Let's check yeah, this I'm, out. I'm actually... Prequel well, so many films I have watched. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really am hopeful that... that uh, and, and one of the reasons we decided to go with terror films is that they they do have a reputation with genre fans, um, who mm. you know they look at they look at their mark as an imprimatur of of you know quality. So my hope is that you know it will reach a number of people because of that associ- simply because of that association association that people will take a chance on the movie. Um, they'll give it that initial chance, and hopefully the the quality ends up winning them over. And you know, through word of mouth, um, you know, we expand that 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 net that we're casting out there as as wide as possible. And and yes, I, I you know, for independent films, the idea of of releasing into a theater is is all but dead. And you had said you know, half full or or you know, four people. It's usually the latter, uh, if if that at all. You know, most theatrical releases are vanity releases at this point. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, no wonder they're they're going. You know the way the way of the uh, the dodo, I think is is the expression. Right, right. Well, you know I like I, I like sitting in a theater. I, I love that uh, experience. I'll tell you what, I've got great memories of drive-in movies when I was a teen. Me and my friends would go to the drive-in and whatnot. But I'm not losing sleep that that doesn't happen now. You know, I, I'm like especially where I live. You know, I don't want to go get eaten by mosquitoes or whatever. Um, but I do have those great memories of that. I, it, was, it was great going to the drive-in theater. You got to see two movies, um, sometimes three. It was fantastic. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Had a lot of fun uh, in drive-in movie theaters. But you just, you know, that experience, like you said, it's, it's the, the the whip and the buggy system now. <laughs> you know, it's, it's changed. It's changed. Um, yeah. I still okay. tell people, though, you know, a lot of people try to watch films, movies on their phone. I'm like, man, don't do that. Don't do that. Get you a TV. They're cheap as anything right now. Hang it on your wall. Get you a PlayStation or a Roku at the very least, whatever you got to do. But watch it at least on something big, you know. Uh, if you can, if you can, $300 now get you a 70-inch TV. It's crazy, you know. Um, yeah. It's insane. Um, yeah, oh, no, don't it's, it's absolutely film. disrespectful for for one to watch a you know an actual film on a phone, and that's not just me. I, that's a consensus, um, at least on the, the filmmakers that I've talked to. Is you know that's something that that we absolutely uh, you know abhor is people consuming <laughs> consuming our work on on a small screen. It's not the way. It's that's not what we intended. So um, if you can avoid that, please do. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, watching, you know, a, a view is better than, than no view. So I guess do, do whatever is Absolutely. necessary, but you know, if you'd like to acquiesce to the desires of the filmmakers, then, you know, please save that view for later when you can watch it properly. Hey, I wanted to ask you, I agree. I agree completely. I wanted to ask you before we run out of time, and I know we went over my little lights been blinking. I, I had a little piece of tape I put over it. Sorry about that. I know I'm keeping you, Robert. We'll wrap it up quick. I promise. Um, okay. But I wanted to ask real quick. I love the location shots uh, in this film, um, but then I read somewhere that you know you you were in the Cleveland area. I'm like, man, this doesn't look like any part of Ohio I know where they filmed this. It, you know, 
this looks like Barstow or someplace. Where did you film this at? If if you don't mind. I mean, actually, we we our our hub of production was was Barstow, California. Um, oh, there and, you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, actually, and we we uh, shot uh, amongst many different locations um, that that we found throughout that area and the uh, and like the Death Valley area, not the national park, um, right, right, but like around right. that area. And we also did a little bit of shooting around Las Vegas. Um, I, I just love the desert, uh, and it felt you know very appropriate to the subject. I mean, I, I honestly, that's like the thing about filmmakers is you kind of if you're, you're a smart filmmaker if you you know write a script for places where you love to go, and then you just basically go and take a vacation there and shoot a movie. Um, I love being in the desert, so I wrote two movies that took place in the desert, and this was the second of those two. My first film took place in Cleveland, and I realized that you know uh, I just you know I love I love Cleveland. It's a great place uh, to live. Um, mm. It's just you know I, I don't know. I'm, it's old. I just. I, yeah, okay. So I have conflicted feelings about Cleveland. Great place to live, great pl- place to raise a family. Uh, it's just not necessarily uh, pretty to look at, <laughs> nor is it hospitable right. when it comes to the weather. Uh, so there are plenty of there are plenty of things uh, good to be had, but plenty of detractors as well. I grew up in Detroit, so I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> and, and people send me, it's funny because I always say, you know, oh, yeah, man, where I grew up, uh, the home of the burning car. Um, and they're like, Jamie, it's not that like that anymore. Well, it, and that very may, well may be the case. I haven't been in 20 years, you know, 20, 30 years. Uh, it oh, absolutely nice. was a rough place <laughs> when I grew no, up. I, I like Detroit. I I Detroit gets, un- unfairly, Detroit gets a bad rap. But I, I was there recently. Um, actually, the best tacos I've ever had in my life <laughs> were from uh, really? were from Detroit. Don't ask me the name of the place. Um, I'd have to I'd have to ask my friend uh, Fernando, who's who's I guess the you know my foodie friend. Um, he took me to this place in Detroit. Nice. Fantastic tacos. Nice. And I've heard that. Like, have you ever I've had food that haunts you? Gentrified. Uh-huh. Um, not this area, that's for sure. Oh, okay. this area okay. is it was very authentic. I I don't I think they called it like. Maybe like Little Mexico, the area. I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure the exact oh, name. Um, but this is where the taco. Probably eating at Soshimoto's, I imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they, yeah. I know exactly. Down on the uh, west side there. Uh, you're right. Maybe. You're right. It's like a two-block strip, and um, well, it used to be. It used to be, and uh, delicious, delicious. Uh, yeah, really good Mexican food down there. When I was a kid living there, um, that's cool, man. But. I'm telling you, you go to you go out back out to the desert there. You can probably get some good tacos too. <laughs> you know, you go down oh to yeah, for sure. I, I mean, yeah. I, I lived in Southern California um, for a while, but I will. I mean, I I am gonna you know contend that the best tacos I've ever had actually are from that place in Detroit, uh, and that's in consideration no, of having I, had really good tacos elsewhere too. I'm not taco that's deprived, awesome. is that's what I'm awesome. saying. I've 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 eaten my way around a, a number of tacos to be sure. <laughs> a man after my own art I love it I love it well very cool well very cool well Robert I've had so much fun I know I kept you longer than I was supposed to but I, I really appreciate it I appreciate you taking time uh, to be on the show and whatnot, and for making this fantastic film that I enjoy you know um, I, I'm not sure where your journey is going to take you next uh, but let's stay in touch man let's stay in touch because I'd be curious uh, to see 
Um, I know it'll be interesting. I know it'll be interesting. Uh, yes, I hope so. Certainly. Well, interesting, maybe not. I, I, I just hope that it's uh, stable enough uh, to allow me to have the freedom that I think I, I ultimately desire. Um, which is ironic because I went into filmmaking thinking that it would bequest me freedom, and it did the opposite. You know, I felt I ended up feeling boxed in at the end. So <laughs> I'm forever in search of freedom, and hopefully I can finally attain it. You, you filmmakers remind me. Of um, I was watching many many years ago. I was watching this documentary on the uh, the gold rush, you know, 1849, and all these people. And and uh, the, the the narrator said, "Never had people worked so hard to never work again." <laughs> and that just struck with me, you know. I'm like, "Oh, that's come back that's many good. times." I, that echoed like Ben Kenobi talking to Luke. <laughs> that's come into my consciousness when I'm doing something. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, that's just, that's yeah. distressingly true. <laughs> Crazy man! Crazy. Well, you're doing good. You're doing good, and you know you made a good piece of art. I like it. I like this film a lot. Um, so, hey, thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much. I've had a lot of fun talking to you today. Yeah, yeah. You as well, Jamie. Uh, please don't bill me for the uh, the therapy session that you provided. Uh, <laughs> I don't have any money to give you. I love it. Um, so don't do that. Um, that would not be good. Uh, practice forgiveness, and to all the listeners, uh, however many there may be, just uh, just you know try to try to make other people's journey a little easier, um, and and forgive yourself because you deserve it. You know you're only human. You make mistakes, and that that's okay. You're not supposed to have it all figured out. You're not supposed to be perfect. Um, give yourself the freedom to grow. And you know, enrich other people's lives that way. That's all I have to say. I mean, I don't That's mean right. to be didactic, but but uh, you know, let, lighten up a little bit. Life's short. I, I have some other yeah, platitudes, absolutely. but they're they're tucked away a little bit too far down in the knapsack. So I'm gonna. I don't want to go down there. <laughs> Well, that's great advice, and I think we all should take that to heart. You know, that's uh, some of the most fantastic advice I've ever heard. Um, yeah, you know, be a little patient. <laughs> Learn that. <laughs> I think that's what we're all learning right now. Um, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's very true. Well, I want to thank yeah. you. That's going to wrap it up for us today, folks. Um, man, I had fun today. This This was a fun one. Uh, this episode, of course, will be converted to a podcast. We're going to push it out on all the social media platforms, and we're on all the podcasting platforms. I say that. Well, chances are maybe we're not on all of them. We're on 673 different ones right now. <laughs> I, I will say this. If you're sitting around and you, you, you're just itching to start a business and, um, you know, the idea pops into your head, maybe I'll make a podcasting uh, platform. There's 673 that I know about already out there, folks. <laughs> Maybe opening that taco food truck is a better uh, route. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And plus, you'll know how to make tacos. Uh, you know, that's great. That was one of my favorite foods when I was a kid, Robert, tacos. Man, man, well, you know, the, the eight-year-old in me is going, why aren't you eating tacos every night for dinner, man? That was fantastic. And you're an adult. Taco night? You are an, a, yeah, you're an adult. You I, could I, did it. I mean, no one's going to tell you that you can't. I mean, unless your your wife uh, does that. But um, tell me I'm for a while. Like, there's no reason why I'm this old not to eat tacos. Like, you know, you can't tell me what to do. Absolutely. 
I say go get a I feel the same way about Jamie. Sloppy Joe's. I, I feel the Nothing same way about that. Sloppy Joe's. I should be, I should be eating those daily. <laughs> that was a kid in me that says, why aren't you doing that? Um, very, very cool. Well, folks, uh, like I said, this is going to be converted, and we're going to push it out. Uh, we will see you tomorrow. Uh, have a good night. And, and like Robert said, be cool, man. Forgive yourself and forgive others and be patient. And, you know, how'd you put it, Robert? That was great advice. Lighten the load for somebody. Make somebody's journey a little less, uh, a little less, you know. It's a good way to live. A little less burden. It's a good way to live. You know, just a That's little bit. Right. And if we all do that, then, then all of our individual journeys will certainly be a lot less burdensome through the aggregation of all those little lightning, you know, all those little lightning of the loads. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, sir. And thank you listeners for listening. Be sure to check out our sponsors. They're awesome. Use their codes. Uh, You know, you'll save a couple bucks. And definitely next week, September 2nd, I'm going to be reminding everybody on all my socials this, got to check out Mr. Limbo. I love this film. Fantastic. Thanks, Robert. You rock. Thank you, Jamie. You do as well. Have a nice night, okay? Awesome. You too. See you later, everybody. This has been pop art painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tama Oli Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, det här är Hicks från Sverige och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio.